Hello, and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from S4C Drama Commissioner Gwenlian Gravel about the Welsh Public Broadcaster's plans for 2021 and growing focus on international partnerships. And Alan Sim, Drama Commissioner at Elisa Vida Via Play, details of the Finnish streamer's expanding ambitions, including a move into local scripted remakes. Welsh public broadcaster S4C is pushing into a wider range of new dramas, including its first half-hour format, also its first bilingual drama not done in Welsh and English, and a co-produced feature film this year. Drama Commissioner Gwenlian Gravel spoke to Gunnar Cuse about how Welsh drama production has kept going during the pandemic, S4C's upcoming launches for 2021, and plans to keep its local exotic brand of drama on the map, both domestically and on the international stage. How is it in Wales at the moment? Uh, yes, well, we've been in lockdown now since just before Christmas. And I think that as, as far as the dramas, we, we you know we're still classified as key workers. And so we've been able to carry on, which has been wonderful because we've been able to complete a lot of the dramas so that they can actually TX when they were due. I mean, the, I think at the public perception, that's quite difficult because, you know, you want to ensure that, you know, even though a lot of people, a lot of the public, can't meet up with friends and family why should we then be able to go out and shoot a drama but I do believe that over the last nine ten months drama has been very important for the public because it's been a bit of escape from reality and a bit of comfort as they're home and taking them out of the situation this awful situation so hopefully the dramas that we'll be following during the year um, will, will, will complete safely obviously we adhere to all the guidelines from the Welsh government and just to ensure that our cast and crew are safe because that's ultimately the main concern and obviously to make great drama for our viewers could you just Describe how much you commission every year and how that will be changing over this coming year. So we have two main soaps, Pablo Com and Ronda Ronde, and we also commission four to five series, usually six parters, Sunday night, nine o'clock slot. We are hoping in the future, we're, we're hoping to look at other options. You know, the half hour dramas are something yeah. that we're going to possibly invest in. We've already invested in one drama called Flam, which um, I'll talk about, but the, the half an hour dramas are something that we're keen to explore. And also, again, Again, I'll be talking about the, the feature film that we've been involved in, Glyph, because we, we feel that film, although the cinemas have been closed for the last nine months, it's still a very important part of drama and just takes the Welsh language and S4C's name internationally. And so possibly one-off films during the year on S4C, but um, half an hour dramas and just making sure there's a variety as well. You know, we're, we're known for our Welsh crime noir dramas yeah. and our thrillers like In Bormechel, Keeping Faith. Yeah. But, you know, we, we want to explore possibly family dramas, young audience dramas and also more thrillers because they're very popular with our with our audience and again in, in with with most audiences on, 
on other broadcasters. And you've got three dramas launching this spring, haven't you? Yeah, so we have three female-led thrillers. And one is a relationship thriller, one is a psychological thriller, and one is a heritage thriller. Um, the, the first one, Flam, or, or Flame, made by Vox Pictures. It's S4C, you know, it's a way of taking us into a new space and to add variety to our slate, because this is the first half an hour drama format that we've done. And we just think that over the lockdown, the audience has had this appetite for a shorter episode so that they can they can either binge or they can snack on and then they can catch up on our click, you know, our free online streaming and video on demand service. So I think a lot of, you know, normal people has shown us that you can really get into the heads of the main characters, even within a half hour period and um, make great drama. So we're really exploring that. And Flam is also paving the way for bilingual drama that isn't Welsh English. This time it'll be Welsh and Turkish. So not only does it star Gwyneth Keyworth, who's been in Black Mirror, Game of Thrones, you've got Richard Harrington, who was in Hinterland, a Gwyth. We've got the acclaimed actor Mehmet Ali Alabora, and his uh, scenes will be in Turkish with Welsh subtitles. Because I, I think I don't think subtitles are a barrier anymore. You know, with features like Parasite and dramas like The Serpent, I think people have such a thirst for dramas during lockdown that again, I just don't see it as um, a barrier. But it's, it's a great drama, I say a relationship thriller about a widow nanny as she settles in with a new Turkish partner. But on the anniversary of her, uh, the death of her husband, she meets a man who is his doppelganger. Is nanny about to have an affair with her own husband? So again, you know, really hooking the audience in and then making them go on to the catch-up service, hopefully, to watch and binge the whole series. Is that a prerogative going forward? Well, you know, the, the rise of the competition with Esfos and Hybrid you know, we, we need to ensure that we've got some visibility and prominence. So so we're looking to move uh, with, in discussions now about how do we improve our digital service so that, you know, it's just a bit more accessible. You know, as we've all found that, you know, a lot of people have been catching up rather than watching linear. So that this is all sort of skewed towards the new norm of uh, watching drama, I think. But still in, still in discussions about that. And we're, could you highlight your other two upcoming dramas so which is the first one to launch is it flam yeah so flam launches on the 10th of february and then mid-march we have a psychological thriller from fiction factory people behind uh, hinterland and uh, aguil uh, it's called bregis which is fragile and it, again it's a female-led thriller but about a successful heart surgeon and she's a wife and a mother and the kind of the life and soul of the party and and she's played by the wonderful hannah daniel and it's a story about about a, a woman whose life everybody wants, but she actually has a secret, which if she doesn't learn to control, will take away her sanity and, and destroy her. Um, so it, it, again, a, a really meaty character-led thriller that hopefully people can get their teeth into. So it's uh, again a six-hour parter. So I say we want we want to make sure that people have the variety and the choice of length of, of drama. And then you've got your third one, which is an art crime drama. Is that right? Yes. I think very different to most of the thrillers. This It's like a heritage thriller, we like to call it. And that will be airing in June. This will be a six hour and it's called Aram Gierva, The Museum. And it's by the acclaimed writer Flir David. And this series follows the downfall of Della Howells. And she's played by the wonderful Nia Roberts. 
And she goes from being this high-flying career woman to being part of an art crime underworld in Cardiff. Um, and it takes us from the kind of dark and hidden subterranean corridors of a museum at night before we eventually shine the lights on the mysterious and little-known world of heritage crime, something that's not usually seen on, on television. And it's a really twisty, turny, sort of spiced up with elements of dark humour and mystery and a bit of a family saga as well. Very different to anything that's uh, on screen at the moment. Flam and Bruges obviously are finished, aren't they? Whereas I understood that the museum, is, is it still currently filming? Yeah, so so we're just actually coming to the end of Regis' filming as well and around Gielfa. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, you know, they're, they're big productions with a lot of cast and crew, but they've really managed to kind of create these worlds under the constraints and we're, we're sure they'll be able to complete in time. Has much changed in terms of the production models as they stand now? And has it affected costs? I think you have to ring fence a certain amount of COVID costs. And also, I think some of the dramas have to be tweaked due to the amount of cast you have or, you know, the locations sometimes have had to change. But it's an organic process, I think. And, and, you know, the landscape is constantly changing. There's hope now that there will be a vaccine soon. You know, it won't be so difficult to get productions moving safely. But I think also, you know, there were, were new productions during the last few months. And I think that the SVODs and the other broadcasters are sort of crying out for content. So, and I, and I feel that the industry in Wales has been really thriving actually under COVID from the drama productions of S4C to, you know, a lot of the other big productions from like World War of the Worlds who shot at Newport and Sex Education, you know, they've shown that we can actually carry on here in mm-hmm. Wales safely and hopefully then keen to invest on, you know, the future and make new partnership with other broadcasters, other distributors from around the world. In, in terms of what in your pipeline as opposed to what's already in production uh, and in post-production. How do you see the next year and do you have the next Keeping Faith in the bag? <laughs> We've definitely got a few contenders and, and some lovely gems that we're going to reveal within the next few months, which have, again, what we like to call the local exotic of S4C and, you know, just giving those thrillers a bit of a Welsh twist. And what's what's been good to see, you know, recently with the success of the Pembrokeshire murders on, on ITV, that people are actually willing to see productions made in Wales with actors with, with Welsh accents um, and show that, you know, we, we've got great production values in Wales. But we have, especially with the half-hour dramas, because of the restraints of COVID, it was one of those dramas that you could keep cast to a minimum you know there are only five main casts in the drama Flam and that was purposely so that we could get it shot get a high quality drama shot safely doing the very tight Covid restrictions but still telling a great story. Are producers having to come up with very different ways of approaching drama development or is it simply modifying certain aspects but then you can then go back to the sort of the main story arc? Yes I, I would never want to commission uh, another even though we did commission a covid drama during the first lockdown in fact it was the first drama to be shown on on
on uh, UK That's TV. right. But since then, you know, there's a lot of Zoom Zoom fatigue. So I feel that our, it's our role as commissioners and, and at SLC to, to make sure that viewers have dramas that is a form of, you know, escapism rather than reminding them of the situation and of COVID. And, uh, you know, some writers do like to have certain parameters. So I think that's sometimes a, a bonus. But, um, you know, I would never want to commission a drama just because it's COVID friendly. We can create a world safely and make a, a drama by just tweaking some some of the elements just to ensure, say, the safety of the, the cast and crew. But I, I don't think anybody wants to be reminded of the, of the situation. I wanted to ask you what you're looking for now and what are the opportunities of collaborating with S4C, whether it's at a national level or an international level, uh, especially because you you referenced yourself the fact that SVODs are hungry for content at the moment and everybody's having to share slightly more scarce production resources as a result of the pandemic. Yes, and, you know, to be honest, budgets are tighter because the costs are arising due to COVID and, you know, generally. But I think especially with having been able to have meetings online, it's made sort of the global marketplace a bit more accessible without having to travel. And we've, we've sort of been able to le- learn from each other during these kind of uncertain times and kind of that information gathering and unity between the broadcasts is all over the world you know it's uh, it's a better thing really for the industry but these tighter budgets also mean I think that co-pros do have the financial benefits but for both parties really um, so we're definitely keen to partner with other say distributors and broadcasters just to you know give people a chance uh, so I mean things like Hinterland that was originally co-funded by the Danish broadcasting company and now it's and it's shown still shown today on, on Netflix so we really don't want this pandemic to stop Welsh drama from getting a, a global audience. So we're very keen to co-produce with other broadcasters. And do you have any examples in development or in the pipeline that you can talk about? I can't talk about them in, at the moment, but yes, we do. And a lot of dramas in development. Uh, so we really want to open out our slate internationally. But what's important to us as well, the, the demographic OS4C is quite varied, age and also location. So, so we really have to appeal to a lot of different types of people. So variety is important to me as well. I say the thrillers are very important, but we also look for slightly more traditional dramas. And for the youth audience, we're really sort of, especially with our, recently we, we had this 48-hour short film competition called Hair mm-hmm. Film Fair, and that was a short film challenge on our youth platform, Hanch. And 97 teams registered to take part from all over Wales, UK and Europe. And it was um, a project that was sort of encouraging and developing diverse and new new talents. And we, we'll be doing another challenge uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And this time it'll be in partnership with the Iris Prize. And it'll be a, a short film to celebrate LGBT history. Month. So we're really looking at sort of different age groups and, and, and uh, different genres as well, because the first competition was horror. So this one will be celebrating LGBT. So it's a, it's a very... Very varied slate and a very exciting one. So I can't wait to let you know about it when I can. How do you like your partnerships to, you know, to, to, to sort of be crafted? Uh, are you flexible? 
flexible to or open to all sorts of models? I think we're, we're open to all sorts of models at the moment. Uh, as I said, I think uh, we're in a unique position uh, at S4C. We're quite a nimble broadcaster who can turn around things very quickly, but, you know, quality drama. And I think because there's a Welshness and a Welsh local twist to most of our, our dramas, I think it would be interesting for um, the international market. And as a multilingual nation, you know, a lot of the European nations are also multilingual so that they maybe accept another language apart from English a bit more than some of the other broadcasters. And does that mean that you will be uh, expanding uh, your slate or will it be a, a, a similar number but a rolling slate of that? Yes, well, a, a similar number currently, but we're, we're looking into expanding that, you know, in, in the future. And as I said, in talking of, of horror, you know, we, we've uh, co-produced uh, this feature film, Glare, The Feast, uh, which will be out in cinemas soon. We're looking at a more of a strategy with film. This is a, a, a little experiment, really, having a, a feature film during COVID. But it's such a beautiful film, but in a really brutal landscape of Snowdonia. Um, so I think after, hopefully, after the success of this film, that we'll be able to look at feature films uh, as an expansion of our drama slate. Where do you hope S4C's drama slate to be in a year's time, if that's even possible to forecast? I hope in a year's time that we have a variety in our drama slate with a few gems that do well internationally. But ultimately, I want to ensure that our audience just want to curl up in front of the fire and watch our dramas. Gwenlian Gravel from S4C. Finnish streamer Elisa Vida merged with Swedish rival Viaplay to become Elisa Vida Viaplay in its local market last December, and it's been expanding its scripted ambitions, with the UK the latest to sample its storytelling in a major way. Drama Commissioner Alan Sim spoke to Gunnar Cuse about the company's latest local and international moves, including remakes of some well-known scripted shows, and why Finnish drama has something unique to offer both consumers and the industry as a whole. Basically, I'm commissioning drama locally and internationally for the channel. Um, but the focus really is on local Finnish drama. And that often means it's in Finnish language, but it sometimes means that we have international projects. And interestingly enough, you know, we have, for example, two series right now on, on uh, Water Presents Channel 4. And one of them is an all Finnish show, uh, All the Sins. And one of them is Bullets, which is mixed language. And they're both very, very different shows. So my role there is basically com- is basically commissioning set producing so I'm kind of across the project from the very start to the very end from the very first page to final delivery whenever it goes out so whether it's the creative or the financials it's end to end Are you also uh, very much involved in developing a pipeline of projects to take through and also looking at the content strategy side of the scripted slate Yeah very much so yeah end to end looking at entire slate of what we have on the books what's working what's not working what we've got too much of what we've got less of uh, where do we think the trends are going yeah across that fully because really the thing for, for us is premium consistency divergent thinking those are the kind of three things that we're aiming at in terms of finished content it has to be premium first and foremost like, across the board so I, and I think that's why we've had this recent success in the UK that you know there hasn't been a finished series ever in the UK not from Ule not from MTV not from anybody and all of a sudden Elisa Vida Viaplay has three in 
in six months. So that's come from this kind of trying to make quality content. And like I say, it could be All the Sins is a very local made series. It's very kind of, it's about a Lestadian community up in the north of Finland. It plays very locally. It's very good character driven. It's quite slow. But yeah, Bullets is much more something which is much more international feeling. And uh, it's mixed language. And we made it co-produced by NADCON, um, Vertigo in Finland and NADCON of Germany, which is Peter Nardeman, who made the Millennium Trilogy. So they're very, very different, but they could, but they can both work in the same space. Just to step back a little bit from uh, the individual projects, how much are you developing and, and, and putting on air at any given point? Listen, we started, I think now we have over 30 series and we started with sort of one or two. And now we're doing a, around about seven series a year. So that's been growing in sort of seven a year. I mean, that's comedy and drama. Uh, so now we're kind of building up a pretty good library of, of content, so to speak. Um, and that is changing because all, all our competitors are changing as well. They're all, you know, we're finding out currently our competitors now doing a series a month uh, next month. So but for, uh, for us, the chase is not necessarily about volume, it's about quality. I think we would rather have less really good series than trying to fill the schedule with things we didn't think were that great. It has to be good for us to want to take it. And I think that's really the push, which I think which I think is why maybe we're, we're pushing before we were doing a lot more comedy it's easier to get away it's cheaper to make but i think the push more recently has been into drama simply because we can move the numbers better we can get people to watch it across the board and i think with comedy i think in in some ways it's more difficult to do that and particularly in terms of international you know comedy works very well locally but internationally it's a much more difficult sell you know and the things are very very dry so the comedy in particular is very it's really black comedy i mean i love it but it's kind of it's an acquired taste in in terms of trends you mentioned trends you know what what have been the significant trends for you over the past year? I mean, they might be COVID related, obviously, but in terms of the content, what seems to be the latest trend? I'm not sure if there is a latest trend because by the time you've spotted what that trend is and made the drama, you're four years away. <laughs> that, this is the, the problem with drama. Is I, I think you have to, I mean, this thing of being ahead of the curve, you need to be three years, four years in advance. For, so for example, I, I know a few years back, people were saying, oh, um, people want procedural back because none of the S-words were doing procedural because it was seemed old-fashioned and traditional. And now people are wanting some procedurals back. But by the time you actually get it made, is that going to have gone? I would say the, tr- the tr- I would say the trend for us actually, and this is maybe not a trend, is to experiment because it's a bit like gambling. Unless, unless you're going, look, we'll have a finger in this pie and a finger in that pie and a finger in this pie. You're not going to really know what's going to happen in three years. And look at things like Stranger Things. You know, nobody knew that series was ever going to be just a massive hit. I mean, they tried to take it everywhere, and nobody wanted it because it's like, okay, it's a kids series set in the eighties, and there's monsters under the ground kind of thing. I mean, you know, and then you get series like like Dark, you know, Dark, um, the German series, you know, it's incredibly complex. There's millions of characters. You know, how did they ever get that away? But it works. So I think the way is to have some stuff on your books which is formulaic, in a sense, that you know what will hit, but also have enough experimental stuff where you say, we need to take a gamble on this. Is that reflected in your slate now or development slate? Yeah, I think we have a really mixed bag of series. And I think also we have a mixed bag of producers and writers. I think that's 
the other thing, you know, with series that we're doing at, the, at present, for example, um, we've got a series coming out called Next of Kin, you know, new writers, brand new writers, brand new directors. I mean, I think that's the great thing about being in Finland. In the UK, there is no way you'd be able to do a series with a brand new writer and brand new director and say, look, here's X amount of million euros, go and make it. They would just, just wouldn't happen. And the beauty about being in Finland is that you're getting people coming out of university, they've done a couple of shorts, they might have done one feature, small budget feature, and then we're saying, great, we'll give you a, we'll give you a shot, do a series, which which just, just doesn't happen, wouldn't happen in America, and it would hardly happen here. It's, it's a lot of safety. Everybody's pigeonholed, you know. So I, I think in Finland, we have a, there's a bit more freedom. And when it comes to international partnerships, you know, how far does Elisa Vide in, in your merger with Viaplay, how is that playing out? And what kinds of ways are you looking to collaborate internationally on your dramas? And, you know, it's, it's really flexible, which is wonderful. <laughs> I mean, a good example would be Man in three in Room 301. I got the this original one-pager from Eleanor Green at Wall to Wall in the UK, and I thought it could work. And Wall to Wall is under Warner Brothers, so we teamed yeah. them up with the Warner Brothers Finland. And then it was written by Kate Ashfield, who's UK writer. And, you know, it wasn't the easiest of processes, but we, we managed to get it working and get it done. And now it's coming on BBC Four this year. And it's been a huge hit for us locally and internationally. It's, it's a fully Nordic show. It's Everybody speaks Finnish. It's, it's set in Finland and in Greece. But that's a good example of, well, look, we, we can work with almost anybody. I mean, in terms of the shows we're making, it's about the core idea, yes, but, but we are... But having said that, we are looking to support local production companies, local writers, local talent. That is a focus for sure. Um, but if an idea came in from another producer that we liked or someone that had an acquisition on a book that we liked, there's no reason that we couldn't look at making it. Man in Room 301 being an example of that. Man in Room 301, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, was a, it was a UK broadcaster because yeah. I'm based here. I was like, look, I think this story could work locally and internationally. It's a secret. It's a live story. We work with Warner Brothers in Finland and and um, there was lots of things in the script where they, they were saying, look, you couldn't do this in Finland. This doesn't work. And there was that kind of process of eliminating things and changing things and uh, maybe stripping out a lot of the dialogue mm. because in Finland there's less dialogue, there's more silence generally, you know, and then they, they worked together to do the series. Um, and then, you know, we had a French distributor, Finnish production company, English production company. <laughs> I think that's very common within Europe that those kind of deals are made that way. And there's a lot more kind of co-productions and co-producers Again, with Bullets that's coming out on Channel 4. It's a Finnish producer, Vertigo, with Nadcon, who are based in Germany. And then the distributor was is now NBC Universal. You know, and we shot it in Finland and in Belgium mm. and in Georgia. Those sorts of opportunities in the current landscape are hard to convert, I guess, in, in production terms. So what's coming up on your slate that you know that is going to be achievable or producible within with the current restrictions as we as we find them? I mean look first and foremost we've been incredibly lucky in Finland you know the numbers of COVID have been very very low in comparison to say where we are here so all of our productions pretty much kept going we had one production that slowed and we pushed it back or a couple we pushed back but pretty much everything else we kept shooting simply because we had much lower numbers and shooting in Finland is great in terms of you can't shoot in America there's an assistant for an assistant for an assistant and that just doesn't happen in Finland it's like the core crew is the core crew and you know nobody's running out to get somebody's coffee so there's a lot of pragmatism in terms of shooting there. And, you know, they've, they've been, for years, you know, the budgets weren't that great. So they're used, used to making things work. So, you know, during the past kind of last year, we've just made things work. It's been difficult. And there have been obviously additional costs 
within the budgets, but we haven't slowed. We've actually got everything made, uh, which is incredible. And then in terms of going forward, the, the, the difficulties we've had actually have been with actors, um, because actors coming from another country, having to quarantine. And in fact, with, with Next of Kin, we have three actors coming from Denmark, you know, and that was that was problematic in terms of how long can they come in for? Do they need to quarantine? What are their numbers? Uh, and then right now, we've pushed the shooting back a little bit. So can we now get them for the next block? Because everybody's now kind of a bit of a, bit of a lo- you know, a log jam that's happening with everybody's shoots. So, and then people are just being pragmatic. You know, we were originally going to be shooting uh, somewhere in Spain um, for that production and we looked at Iceland and now we're looking at Tenerife. So we just had to make do. And, but I think, I think part of that comes down to a, a kind of Finnish uh, mentality of being pragmatic, basically. And, and part of it comes down to having much lower numbers than, than the rest of, well, certainly in the UK. So what's the production schedule for Next of Kin? I mean, wh- when does it finish and when, when is it going to be released? Next of Kin is coming out. We're just finishing wrapping the shooting now. It's coming out next year and it's an eight-part sort of neophy drama. And we're doing that in conjunction with the a Networks, the distributor and the producer is uh, Bufo, which is a, a kind of, they mainly make known for making films in, in Finland. It's a very interesting one. It's mainly in Finnish, uh, a little bit of English, um, stars Sarah Boban, who was in The Bridge. So yeah, so that's coming out next year. We have a lot of second series coming out, coming out next year. We have a couple of new series uh, that we started shooting in a couple of weeks and, and um, they're actually doing two remakes. I can't tell what they are yet because I haven't released the details. Two British series that we're remaking. I mean, essentially, in, in a sense, we were looking at the COVID and saying, if none of our longer shoots are delayed, we need something short to go in this window. So we've it was a strategy that we thought, look, let's do two short form series that are really excellent, that we love, that could fit in in case, you know, we were delayed mm. or uh, someone came down with COVID or whatever. So in a strategy sense, it was us trying to trying to be clever with the time that we had. We're shooting in the next shooting in the next four weeks. One one is a two part series and one is a three part series. Um, and we start shooting one in February and one in March. When it comes to looking forward even further, you know, what sorts of areas are you considering now and what kinds of partnerships are you open to at this point in time? I think we're always looking at new partnerships, whether it be co-producers, distributors, investors. We're always talking to people. I mean, I think that's how exciting things happen when you're out meeting people. And I think this has been the problem with the pandemic is that, you know, lots of that business was always done at places like NIP and uh, series mania. We're just meeting people and going, okay, this is interesting, you know, um, and, and keeping those conversations going is really, really key, uh, whether it's producers in Iceland or the UK or in France or wherever. You know, I had a conversation with somebody in LA yesterday who has um, a really interesting book that's set in Finland and Sweden, for example. So those conversations need to, need to keep going. I think in terms of new trends, I don't think we're thinking about any sort of new trends. I think I think for us, it's more about looking, now we've got a new partnership with, with Viaplay. The interesting thing for me is going to be who is the, this new audience that we've essentially kind of acquired and that's going to be the interest because obviously we had a pretty good handle on the Elisa Vide audience now it's Elisa Vide Viaplay it's, it's what are they looking for what are the, what are their traits it's very early days so essentially how it's working is that all of our series have gone onto their platform so we all have all of the best Scandinavian series and they all have all of Elisa Vide's Finnish series so because you know in, in the past they weren't really they weren't really making any Finnish drama content they had maybe a couple of series that they that, that they had made but there was nothing more than that so in a sense this is great because we get the best of their stuff and they get the best of our stuff and presumably because Viaplay are are knocking out huge volumes of scripted at the moment 
environment. Presumably that has been quite beneficial to Elisa Vida in Finland. Yeah, I mean, they're making a massive amount of scripted. So yes, we will have their series on the channel and vice versa. They all have our series on the channel, but the, the partnership is just for Finland only. So, yeah. so essentially those people that weren't getting Finnish dramas will now get Finnish dramas. And that's, that's the benefit. And is there scope for creative collaborations on new projects or is it a straight kind of swap of inventory? Look, I think it's very early days. Like I say, the deal was only done last month. So we're only just starting to really have conversations between the parties. So let, let's see. I mean, they, they do quite a lot of mixed language series and English language series. So I don't, I'm not sure yet. There's no reason why if there was something that they thought would, could really work in, in Finland. And if, for example, we're lo- I'm looking at a book right now, which is set in, partly in Finland and partly in Sweden. Of course, there could be uh, a possible co-pro on something like that. There could be, but at the moment, we're not there yet. What do you see as your main challenge over the next year in terms of your scripted slate? Is it getting actors from A to B? Um, are there other are there particular areas that keep you up at night? Look, I think I think the main challenge for us is always actually getting it funded. You know, you could have a great idea. I mean, those people come with great ideas, but it's actually getting it made. And I think the difficulty, obviously, with making something in Finnish is, you know, it's a five million population and the language is only spoken by those people in that population. So there's only ever going to be a, a certain amount of money that we can get into the series. Um, and that's always going to be a challenge in terms of how much we have to make that particular series. Yeah. You know, if you're making something in English, you know, you're you a much wider scope to go and get money for that series. So I think that's always a difficulty is funding. And, you know, the money is going up year on year on year. And there's going to be a point where, where do you go with it? Because there's, there's only a certain kind of limit. And I think with COVID, for example, the, all the budgets have gone up 20%. So I think that's going to be the ongoing challenges financing projects. And presumably the fact that the audience globally is now finding an appetite for subtitled fare in the way that it was inconceivable 10 years ago must be opening more doors. It's interesting because we sell we sell everywhere. It's kind of bizarre. We sell SBS Australia. We sell, we just sold something to Japan, Wow Wow in Japan, selling to America. We sell in every territory. There's just a massive appetite for content. And I think what's really interesting is people want to see something that's particularly local about your region. You know, when I watch something about Japan, what's interesting for me is looking at the Japanese characters, the Japanese landscape. It's not necessarily something that's international. It's something that was particularly local. And I think the beauty about Finland is it does have a very unique flavor about it. So Finnish content is going everywhere. And um, I don't see that stopping. I think people just want more and more kind of character-driven content. There isn't this fear, I think, that used to be, it has to be amazing in the first 30 minutes, so otherwise forget about it. Those people are going, we've had all of that. You don't need to You don't need to do that to us. You, it can be a bit slower if it wants to be. Um, I think that's what's interesting. You're getting these kind of connoisseurs. Now that everybody's finished Netflix during COVID, <laughs> people are really wanting to have, I mean, like I was saying about Dark, um, the German series, you know, that series is a really different difficult watch but the people that watch it love it they really love it because it's you know who are all the characters why are all these characters here but the people that are watching content of which millions of people are want things that are more and more interesting more and more complex deeper that don't follow the same tropes that we've seen before alan sim from elisa vida via play that's all for this episode there'll be more from the podcast tomorrow but in the meantime stay safe and up to date with all the latest international TV industry news by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening.